Good evening, and welcome to the Heritage of Faith Conversations radio program, sponsored by Heritage Baptist Church in New York City, a church that is committed to proclaiming the gospel of Jesus Christ in an atmosphere of love. Please join us this hour as Pastor Matthew Recker opens the Word of God and then brings others, including you, into the conversation. Tonight, we'll seek to have a dialogue that will glorify God and will show how the Bible is relevant to everyday life. Our desire is to lead people to salvation in Christ and encourage believers in their spiritual growth. Join us and build up your own heritage of faith. Good evening and happy Valentine's Day, one day early. We are grateful to be with you again for another episode of the Heritage of Faith Conversations radio program. We are, of course, live this Sunday with Heritage Baptist Church and our host, Pastor Matthew Recker. My name is Micah, and I am the ministry assistant at Heritage, and tonight we will continue our conversation of the book of Genesis. We are going to discuss day four this evening when God created the sun, moon, and stars. If you would like to join our conversation tonight, give us a call. Our studio phone number is 929-333-3739. Pastor Matt, Brother Adrian asked me after service today if we were going to have a super show, and I didn't know what he meant right away. What did he mean by that? He asked me the same thing, and I had no idea what he was talking about, except I thought he was talking about the fact we're going to talk about the super power of God and the sun and the moon and the stars. (laughs) And anything else super, I'm not sure about at this moment, except the power of God, the super show that we have on on the Heritage of Faith with Charlie Salcedo. Yeah, Good to have you, Charlie. Uh, Great to be here. Thank So it says here in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 that there's one glory of the sun, another glory of the moon, and another glory of the stars. One star differs from another star in glory, and they're all much more powerful than any football player. That's Mm. for sure. And and it's kind of like we each have our own uh, level of glory as well, I think. (laughs) You're you're higher than us, Mike. I don't know about that. Well, we're glad to be here tonight, and this will be a, a great program as we talk about lessons from the light, Mm. day four Mm -hmm. of the creation week, where we see truly, in all sincerity, the infinite wisdom Mm -hmm. and infinite power of God that no man can match. Mm-hmm. Yes. And so, praise God, this is this is a great conversation that we'll have. We invite our listeners, if you want to call us about and talk about creation and the power of God in creation, or, or if you have questions, or if you've been drawn into the lie of evolution, we'd love to hear from you, and any questions or comments that you might have at 929-333-3739, and the phone lines are also open if you want prayer. We'd love to pray with listeners, mm-hmm. right? Yep. Yes. Mm-hmm. And we have Sister Carrie here with us, as well as Esther and Tina, and they would love to take your phone calls. They would love to pray for you, answer any questions at all. Please yeah. give us a call if you have any inkling. And, yeah. and you know, you hear constantly where there, the suicides are up, mm-hmm. uh, the drug use are, and abuse is, is up, mm-hmm. especially during this pandemic as people have felt isolated. And, yeah. and even today, you know, I, I read something about like 100,000 people have died from drug overdose and fentanyl wow. and it and so many people are dying because yeah. they're they're lonely and they're mm-hmm. depressed mm-hmm. and so if you feel any kind of discouragement in your life mm-hmm. don't hurt yourself pick up the phone give us a call we want to tell you about Jesus Christ how he could give you life
life. He can give you love. He can give you eternal life and abundant life in Jesus. The phone number is 929-333-3739. That phone number has the sweetest ring of any phone number. 929-333-3739. You think about it. It has a lot of threes. Yeah, it does. It reminds us of our triune God. So, Micah, we're going to read. Charlie, we're going to read tonight from Genesis chapter 1. And we're going to read from verse 14 through 19 on day 4 of the creation week. And I'll start us off at verse 14 of Genesis chapter 1, day 4. And God said, Let there be lights in the firmament of the heaven to divide the day from the night. And let them be for signs and for seasons and for days and years. And let them be for lights in the firmament of the heaven to give light upon the earth. And it was so. And God made two great lights, the greater light to rule the day and the lesser light to rule the night. He made the stars also. And God set them in the firmament of the heaven to give light upon the earth. And to rule over the day and over the night and to divide the light from the darkness. And God saw that it was good. And the evening and the morning were the fourth day. Amen. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Thy word is truth. Dear God, we pray that your word would pierce into the hearts and souls tonight, the dividing asunder of soul and spirit, and joints and marrow, and that you would discern the thoughts and intentions of our heart and help us to know by your word that you are a mighty God. And Lord, help us also to learn not just your power in the creation of the lights on the fourth day, but also the lessons that you have for us as well. And we praise you and thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So you're going to love this message tonight because people love fireworks. Yeah. You know, everybody looks forward to July 4th. Can you imagine the firework display on day four? Mm-hmm. God made the sun, yeah. and then it says the stars also, which yeah. means about trillions upon trillions. Trillion. <laughs> <laughs> what a firework display. And, then, and also, people love to travel. Some people say, I, I, I even ask somebody, how you doing? Were you going anywhere? No, I don't go anywhere. My life's boring. I'd say, you just traveled the whole bit. You don't know. Mm. You know, when you think about travel, mm-hmm. the earth spins on its rotation a thousand miles an hour. So we're going around in a, ro- a thousand miles an hour. Mm. But that's not it all. Mm-hmm. The earth orbits around the sun. We go around the sun while we go a thousand miles like this. We're going 67,000 miles an hour. Mm, that yeah. is fast. That's faster than any NASCAR. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we are, we are speeding yeah. along 67,000 miles an hour. That's every year. You know how many miles you travel? You say you don't go anywhere? You, you, every year you travel 580 million miles. No passport needed. Yeah. <laughs> But that's nothing. But wait a minute. Okay, so we're going like this a thousand miles an hour. We're going yeah. around the sun. Yeah. Sixty seven thousand miles an hour. But you know, our whole solar system orbits around our Milky Way galaxy at eight hundred and twenty seven thousand miles an hour. That's wow. incredible. So the whole solar system is moving yeah. in perfect synchronization. Mm. You know, it's like the what's those the, the, the Ice skaters, you know, in the Olympics, mm-hmm. they have to be perfectly synchronized. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine the whole universe, <laughs> every moon, every star, just so the, our solar system is orbiting at 827,000 miles an hour? But that's not all. Our entire galaxy is orbiting, or the Milky Way galaxy is orbiting around the universe at 1.3 million miles an hour. That's wow. like. <laughs> 
And we don't even, we, this is like a smooth ride. I mean, <laughs> the Lord, I mean, Mercedes Benz has absolutely nothing on a smooth ride <laughs> over the Lord. So, I mean, this is all mm-hmm. so incredible. Yeah. Yeah. This is the power of God, as we said. That's right. It almost makes you dizzy. But don't ever tell me, friends, you don't go anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk about creation tonight. And we're going to really look at three things. One, why God creates on the sun, the moon, the stars on the fourth day. Two, the function of them. And three, some of the lessons of them. So God creates the sun, moon, and stars. He places them in a specific place in the firmament on the fourth day. Now, I'm wondering why. Because God already made light on the first day. Why yeah. did he need the sun, moon, and stars? Mm-hmm. To bring him glory. <laughs> These are these light bearers are his servants of light for us, mm-hmm. but God is the ultimate light. I believe that God created the sun, moon, and stars on the fourth day as well, because evolutionists want to say that it was the stars that perhaps are the cause of life, mm. even our life, mm-hmm. and as well as other stars. But obviously, we're not here because of the stars. We're here because of God. God created the stars distinctly. And he created man on the sixth day. And, of course, there was already the the heavens and the earth. Mm-hmm. And the, the seas are now and the dry land and, and the firmament. And so, basically, on the first three days, you have God preparing the earth. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of a unit in itself. We kind mm-hmm. of go to a second unit here on the fourth mm-hmm. day, right, where mm-hmm. now he's filling up the earth. Yeah. He yep. fills up the, the firmament on the fourth day with the sun, yep. moon, and stars. And then he's going to fill the waters and the air with the, the fish and the fowl. And then mm-hmm. the sixth day, he'll fill the land with, with man and, and, and beast and, and all the other land animals. So God is going to do his work of filling his creation that he has cr- is is in the process of creating. So let's talk about the the sun first here, and God creates. It says here, the sun. He said, "Let there be lights in the firmament," and he created these lights. He made two great lights: the greater light to rule the day, the lesser light to rule the night. So the sun. So brother Charlie, many. Evolutionists say that our our sun is just some kind of a ho-hum, normal star. It's not special importance. It's not even a very big star in comparison to some others, which is kind of true. But mm-hmm. is the sun is the sun a just run-of-the-mill, normal garden variety star, or is it a special star? Let's talk about the sun for a moment. Well, first off, it's very unique. Um, it might not be distinguishable to some degree, in comparatively, or it might not seem as very special in comparison to a number of the other things in our universe or in a great galaxy or in even multiple galaxies that are out there mm-hmm. that we haven't even been able to fully research. But it's very special for us mm-hmm. for a number of reasons. First off, um, just to say God created it for mm-hmm. a purpose. Yeah. I mean, he specifically stated that let us make it so it would divide the day from the night mm-hmm. and that it was to rule over the day. Mm-hmm. And then... Uh, as well as that it's supposed to be for at least one of four, if not for four different things that he mentioned there within that same verse. Beyond that... Uh, can, I, can I just say, you know, I mean, that's like so obvious, right? Yeah, that yeah. the sun shines during our during days. Day, yeah. I mean, it's so obvious, but this is science. Yeah. And this is reality. Uh-huh. And this is ancient. These are ancient words that were true then, yeah. and they're true today. 
So the science isn't going to change? <laughs> yeah. What do you know? So, true science doesn't change. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Um, what's interesting, too, is when I was trying to research about stars, uh, the sun of which is one, um, they're primarily composed of helium and hydrogen, uh, hydrogen being one of a, one of multiple building blocks within just everything within our uh, atmosphere mm-hmm. and even just within Earth. Um, but here's something that's pretty unique with regard to the sun as opposed to different stars. Uh, most stars are considered what they're called uh, red dwarf stars, which uh, emit less than 5% of energy output mm. of our sun. But oh, yet our wow. sun is able to go ahead and be in the specific placement where it's at in our galaxy, 93 million miles, if I'm not mistaken, uh-huh. uh, from the Earth, yet we're heated as we should be. Yeah, and um, we're not frozen off. Yeah, and then at the same time we're not burnt up. Mm-hmm. So what would Miami Beach look like if there was a red dwarf star and not our star? <laughs> would Miami Beach be the spot? No, no polar, polar bears and penguins. Yeah. On Miami Beach, yeah. in, in other words, if if a red dwarf star was in the place of a sun, yeah. we couldn't live. We couldn't no, live. we couldn't. Yeah. No, our whole Earth would be frozen. <laughs> yeah, I saw a really cool video this week called "A Decade of Sun." produced by NASA, which showed 10 years of video sped up to be condensed down to about an hour. And what NASA did is they filmed the sun between 2010 and 2020 in high resolution, and the video shows the sun's outermost layer, which is the corona, appearing like a sphere, and to me it looked like boiling water. You know, it was a constant bubbling of solar activity, and there was the occasional crackle of solar flares, but in general it's as if God kept the boil of the sun down to a simmer. Not too hot, but not too cold. And it's exactly like Charlie was saying. God has perfectly tuned our closest star just for us. And in fact, even those solar flares, which are shown on that video, reveal the glory of our Creator. Mm. Because when those solar flares reach Earth's atmosphere, they cause colored light to dance and shimmer across the night sky in the northern regions of our planet, like Canada, Alaska, Scandinavia, and this is called the Aurora Borealis, and most of us have seen oh, either yeah. pictures or video, and that is from the solar flares wow. reaching Earth's atmosphere, and it reminds me of the way that the prophet Habakkuk described the Creator. It says in Habakkuk 3, verse 4, and his brightness was as the light, and he had horns or rays coming out of his hands, and there was the hiding of his power. Amen. Yeah. yeah. I was going to say, it's it's uh, certainly true what uh, David wrote, uh, where the heavens declare the glory of God in the firmament showeth mm-hmm. his handiwork. Mm-hmm. Every little aspect and detail of everything in the creation, uh, even what we're addressing now with the sun uh-huh. and then what we're going to follow up with the stars. Yeah. Um, most uh, evolutionists are going to go ahead and say, oh, that's random happenstance. Yeah. But the reality <laughs> is it's like even the most intelligent engineer on the planet right now that we have yeah. couldn't even come close to getting to the... Uh, minute details. Yeah, the of, precision. Of, yeah, of absolutely. How it's been engineered. Yeah, and and like the verse I even shared in, at the start of the program that says there's one glory of the sun, another glory of the moon, and another glory of the stars. That every star has its own energy amount of energy in mm-hmm. it and emits certain amounts of light. Yeah. And as Charlie said, seventy five percent of all stars are red dwarfs. And yet the sun is, it's not a humdrum star. It's Mm -hmm. not a run-of-the-mill star. Mm -hmm. It is the exact perfect size Mm -hmm. star Mm -hmm. that the earth needs for us to live. And it shows, again, the wisdom of God to hold it in its place and to maintain it. And the fact is, 
we couldn't live without the sun. And we, we know that, but the sun provides food for us. Mm. The sun provides oxygen for us. It gives us warmth. It gives us light. Mm. And so the sun is the perfect star for us. And you mentioned f- solar flares, mm-hmm. you know, and a lot of, a lot of stars can ha- have these solar flares, and they're actually normal mm. for, for stars to have solar flares mm-hmm. and to erupt for a short amount of time. But, but scientists have said that there has not been any major, in the history of the sun, any mm. sol- major solar flare, which if there was, yeah. we, we'd be fried. Right. Yeah. Everybody out there on Miami Beach, you know, yeah. they'd, we'd, yeah. <laughs> and even in, in the North Pole, everybody would be <laughs> fried to a crisp. So yeah. it's amazing. It is. Yeah. The sun is not an average star, dear friends. It is the perfect star for us. And so we don't thank our lucky star. <laughs> we, th- we thank God for our amazing star, the That's sun. Right. That's right. So let's talk about the moon now. Now, the moon might seem kind of humdrummy, too. You know, it's, it's dark, and it seems to ha- have its mouth open toward, toward us, like going home. You know, <laughs> the man of the moon. Yeah. The people on the on the at home missed my mouth. <laughs> By the way, Chloe, don't you love to look up at the moon at night and see the moon? And don't look straight at the sun because it could hurt your eyes. Yeah, but right. isn't the sun feel so nice when it, the sun is shining? It just feels so good on our skin, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah, it? It's a good feeling, you know. And Emily, thank you for listening out there too, even on Super Bowl Sunday. So let's talk about the moon, Micah. Yeah. And so how do evolutionists theorize that the moon was created versus how the Bible says it was created? Yeah, well, the current scientific hypothesis is that shortly after our solar system was formed, roughly, they say, 4.5 billion years ago, the Earth collided with a smaller planetary body, completely shattering it. And then the ring of vapor, dust, rock, whatever else was left from the collision quickly came together, forming our moon. So that's the current theory, but like with all these scientific theories, in 50 years there's probably going to be a different one. Um, And, of course, the only one who really knows where the moon came from was the one who was there at the time. And he says on day four that he made two great lights, the greater light to rule the day and the lesser light to rule at night. The sun, it gives us light during the day. The moon reflects the sun's light at night. Genesis 1 is not a theory. It's an eyewitness Mm. account. Yes. Amen. Absolutely. Thank you, Micah. And it is an eyewitness account because God himself was there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the moon is so cool. I mean, it, it provides us our tides and you know, it produces two high tides and two low tides on Earth every day. You know, mm-hmm. and, it, and the moon doesn't just say, you know, I don't feel like giving you one of your tides today. You know, <laughs> it's, it's consistent just as God is. So it yeah. reminds us of the faithfulness of God. And another amazing thing about the moon. And this refutes evolutionary theory as well. Mm-hmm. Is scientists say, and this science doesn't change either, Micah, mm-hmm. you know, is mm-hmm. that the moon is moving away from the earth about two inches every year, mm. which doesn't seem like a lot. But evolutionists require billions of years for their theory. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so, you know, they say the earth is four and a half billion years old or so. Yeah. So if that's true in four and a half billion years, the sun would have moved about 60,000 miles away mm. from where it is, far away, out of sight, yeah. <laughs> and no tides at all, <laughs> wow. no high tide, low tide. Yeah. So the, the moon is amazing, 
and we it it we also need it yeah. you know uh, uh, for for our existence and for our lives so yeah. what really blows my mind though oh yeah. the other question i wanted to ask you Micah, about the moon mm-hmm. is some of the amazing things about the moon mm-hmm. okay mm-hmm. what are some of the amazing things about the moon that god has po- put in orbit around our earth yeah well you know the sun and the moon are probably my favorite proof of the creator and the people in our church have heard me say this before, but because, you know, did you know that 65 million moons could fit inside the sun? Mm. The sun is 400 times bigger than the moon, but the sun is also... How many moons, did you say? 65 million. Wow. Yeah. 50 <laughs> moons could fit inside the earth, but 65 million yeah, could fit inside the correct. sun. That's how big it is compared to the moon. And yet the sun isn't, and we could talk about that later, but the yeah. sun is small in comparison to like Some of the other Canis stars. Majoris and yeah. Big Dog Star and whatever, yeah. you know? Yeah. But, it, but as big as wow. it is, because That's it's, just amazing. it's 400 times bigger than the moon, but it's also 400 times further away from earth. So from our perspective, they appear exactly the same size in the sky. So yeah. even though the moon is tiny compared to the huge, su- yeah. huge sun, they look equal. And we see this incredible equivalence best when the moon crosses in front of the sun during a solar eclipse. Now, astronomers have discovered something like 3,000 other planets in the galaxy. They're all circling stars. That's what makes them planets. But the Earth is the only one where the planet's star and the planet's moon have this visual equivalence. In other words, there's no such thing as a perfect solar eclipse on any planet except for Earth. God created Earth as something Mm. quite special. He gave us two light bearers, the sun and the moon, and he called them good. Yeah, yeah. You know what else I like about the moon is that it's a dark, lonely, cold place, mm. but it shines. Mm-hmm. And it's it shines not because there's light in it, yeah. but obviously the light is reflecting mm-hmm. off it. So if yeah. the moon can shine, mm. so can we. And uh, we yeah. have Jesus in us, and I know that in, in yeah. some ways we don't reflect his light. We radiate his light. Mm. I, I think we could say <laughs> that. But on the other hand, you know, when we look into the face of Jesus in fellowship, like Moses, you remember when he fellowship with God, he was almost like reflecting or yeah. as well as radiating, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, but, but the point is, is I think there is an illustration there with the moon, mm-hmm. that the moon reflects the light from yeah. the sun. And mm-hmm. as we fellowship with Jesus, we should reflect his light mm-hmm. to others. And if the moon can shine and be a light in the darkness, mm-hmm. we can too. Amen. You know? Amen. Yeah. So the moon is amazing. And then, amazingly, it also says here on the day four, he made the sun which is immense, as we just talked about. Mm-hmm. The moon, which is also incredible. Mm-hmm. And then in three simple words, there's just an incredible mass movement of creation. Mm-hmm. It says, and the stars also. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so what exactly was created at that moment, Charlie, by the power of God's word when he says, and the stars also? Um, well, original language, it would be the two words mayor and or, as far as in Hebrew. Because <laughs> I just went through and I dissected yeah. it prior, did, did studying, okay, mm. trying to figure out, okay, what does it all mean? But mm. literally, it's, they're luminaries. Mm. So he went ahead and he created, um, going back to his original purpose as far as what he had stated, was, hey, let's make light. Yeah. So that we, that it would lighten uh-huh. uh, the earth. But and also to rule for the day 
and one to row for the night, the greater and the lesser being the sun and the moon. Yeah. And then also beyond just being light to the earth, mm -hmm. um, that we would have um, something by which we can have signs. Mm. Uh, excuse me. Mm -hmm. uh, signs, seasons, days, and years. Mm -hmm. So God expects, and uh, I, I know this is kind of going over a little bit to the new okay. one, but the thing yeah. is, is um, He wanted it to be something unique mm -hmm. that we would be able to uh, distinguish, not just be able, okay, yeah, we look up and we see God's yeah. glory, we see his handiwork, he's mm -hmm. a great craftsman, mm -hmm. uh, and it displays how great, awesome, and wonderful he is. I mean, yeah. David even said, when he said, when I consider the sun, moon, and stars, you know, what is man that thou art mindful of him? Mm -hmm. Wow. Mm -hmm. But yeah. the fact is, he wanted us to be able to go ahead and measure Yeah. Time. Mm -hmm. uh, that's something that God is outside of, obviously, because mm -hmm. He's the creator of time. Mm -hmm. um, you know, as we uh, time, space, and matter. But He wanted us to be able to go ahead and measure uh, by increment mm -hmm. what um, our life was going to be, uh, mm -hmm. either by different seasons, by different yeah. years, mm -hmm. days, as in day and night, 24-hour periods, yeah. and even other um, um, other and other markers and increments. Yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it's yeah. it's amazing that the creation of stars is summarized in that quick phrase, because we know that the number of stars in the universe is actually uncountable by man. And Pastor, you and I were talking about it just before the show. Yeah, one rough estimate I got of the amount of stars in the sky is one with twenty four zeros after that. And you got yeah. some different numbers. No, right? how many galaxies are there? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. I, I read I mean, ten trillion. You read two trillion. So one hundred and seventy billion, yeah. five hundred billion to yeah. maybe. Two trillion. Oh yeah, that's just like a pretty close estimate there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. just the numbers are so far off; they just don't know. Yeah, the only only thing we can be sure of is it's uncountable. But God created every star, and He gave each one a mm. name. Psalm one forty seven verse four tells us that God telleth the number of stars; He called them all by their names. And funny enough, God even referred to man's inability to count the stars when He compared the number of lights in the heavens to the number of Abraham's descendants. Let me read Genesis fifteen five and six. God brought Abraham forth abroad and said, Look now toward heaven and tell the stars, if thou be able to number them. And he said unto him, So shall thy seed be. And he, meaning Abraham, believed in the Lord and he counted it for him as righteousness. So mm -hmm. God actually pointed out the fact that we will never be able to number the stars. Yeah. It's a staggering statement mm -hmm. in those three words. Mm -hmm. And the stars also. Mm -hmm. That all of the galaxies... Tr up to trillions, mm -hmm. and that's hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of billions, yeah. right? <laughs> We're yeah. all put into place. And, you know, you look at some of these galaxies and some of the pictures mm -hmm. that we can now take of them yeah. and see the incredible beauty and glory of that of this universe and obviously man couldn't see it mm -hmm. and yet god created it for himself in a way mm -hmm. and put it out there for us to even discover with hubble telescopes and, yeah. and other kind of high-powered equipment like that mm -hmm. it's just staggering mm -hmm. and and to see some of the pictures mm -hmm. i would encourage some of our listeners to even go on go to the nasa website and, yeah. and look at some of the pictures of like a whirlpool galaxy yeah so beautiful, uh -huh. so beautiful. Look at a black hole yeah. with a with a cross 
mm. literally across right in the in the heart of a black mm. hole. Mm. Wow. I mean, there's pictures and images like this where yeah. God has put His glory and all over creation, mm-hmm. and and it's staggering and it's awesome and it's and it's beautiful. Yeah. And Pastor, I, there's one called the Pillars of Creation. Now. I, I don't know exactly why they named it that, but that to me is the one that I always go to. It shows three different sort of like pillars in the sky with stars all around. It's so beautiful. Yeah. And, you know, I believe also that God has put the gospel mm-hmm. in the stars mm-hmm. and man has corrupted it through astrology. Mm-hmm. But there's such a fascinating verse in the book of Job where God is talking to Job and he said, Canst thou bind the sweet influences of Pleiades? Or loose the bands of Orion. This is Job chapter 38 and verse 31. And he's talking about all about his creation. And mm-hmm. those are constellations, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Pleiades yeah. and Orion. And then he says, Canst thou bring forth Maseroth in his season? Mm-hmm. Or canst thou guide Arcturus with his son? And that word Maseroth, mm-hmm. in the margin of my King James Bible, you know what it is? Hmm. It's the 12 signs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> not of the astrologers, yeah. but of the stars that God himself has put there, mm-hmm. which is really the gospel mm-hmm. in the stars. God told, I, I believe, the ancient people of the earth, beginning with Adam and mm-hmm. Seth, the yeah. gospel story in the stars, and it was passed down. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And those 12 signs, and of course, they were all corrupted at Babylon, mm-hmm. and, that, and that was the evil of, of Babylon. But God's glory... Yeah. It's all in those stars. Yeah, and Pastor, there are some conservative biblical scholars who believe yeah. that, that, that this is the case, you know, that it's been corrupted and counterfeited by the enemy. Isn't but that what Satan does? That's what he does. Right, so there's yeah. 12 constellations, which God originally showed to Adam. Not only they, do they mark months, but they have a message of God's triumph over Satan through the Messiah. So think about it. The year starts with Virgo. You know, we know it as Virgo, but it's the Virgin. And then it ends with Leo or the Lion. And you can kind of go through, and we're not going to do it tonight, but you can kind of go through and just see the gospel message of the Messiah. And it's called, as you said, Pastor, the gospel in the stars. So if anybody out there is listening, they're like, what are they talking about? Yeah. You know, look up <laughs> something called the gospel in the stars. It's a credible theory. And, you know, I, I tend to believe that God created the constellations for us, and they've yeah. just been corrupted, as you said, Pastor. Totally yeah. corrupted, and we want to make that very, very clear. We don't want you listeners to think in any shape, way, shape, or form we are endorsing modern day astrology no. if you are if you are into palm readings and tarot cards or astrology in any way get rid of all that stuff right yeah, charlie that's right yeah people Even the enneagram any of that modern yeah any of that stuff we're we are not talking about that at all mm-hmm. but uh, i believe henry morris and other good men have written books about yeah. the gospel message in the stars mm-hmm. and satan is a liar he's yeah. a deceiver he he corrupts that which god made for his glory we talked about the rainbow mm-hmm. you know last yeah. week and the same kind of thing that god puts the rainbow in the sky to remind us of his faithfulness mm-hmm. yes, right, and right. yet people steal the rainbow yeah. to to put forth their their sinfulness you know mm-hmm. so um it, it's it's amazing well listeners we'd love to hear from you tonight the phone lines are open at 929-333-3739 if you'd like to weigh in with a comment or a question or if you do need prayer tonight or if you need even salvation in jesus i mean let me just ask you this question dear friend 
if you were to die tonight, mm. are you absolutely certain that you would go to heaven if you were to breathe your last breath here on earth? Mm. Would you breathe your next breath in the presence of Jesus Christ in heaven? And if you're not sure about that answer, if you can't say, yes, I know I'm saved, then call us right now at 929-333-3739. It will be the most important phone call you will ever make. Mm -hmm. And we would like to share the gospel of Jesus Christ with you because He's the Savior of the world. He died on the cross for your sins so you don't have to die and go to hell. Mm -hmm. He rose again from the dead, which means He breaks the power of death. He breaks the power of sin. Mm -hmm. Dear friend, because all of us have sinned and come short of the glory of God, and we do deserve to die. And that's the penalty of our sin is death. That's why Jesus died. Mm-hmm. Dear friends, call us right now. Or maybe you just need prayer. You say, I know I'm saved. Praise God for that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Keep walking with Jesus. And if we could help you at all, call us at one eight nine two I almost slipped back to old boys here. No worries. Yeah. And Pastor, <laughs> and, you know, I would just say none of us are promised tomorrow. You went to a funeral, I believe, yesterday. Yesterday. I'm going to a funeral tomorrow, and I'll talk a little bit about that later on. Um, You know, many in our church have been going to funerals in the last couple weeks. Nobody has promised tomorrow. So if you're you're saying to yourself, oh, I kind of like what they're saying, but maybe I'll decide tomorrow, don't do it. Do it tonight. Make the phone call. Let us pray with you. Let us talk to you. And it's 929-333-3739. Yeah. And, And, you know, again... The Lord wants that human connection involved Mm -hmm. in this process. Now, not that you have to. I was Mm -hmm. talking to someone who just went and ran into the back room and accepted the Lord on their own, you know, and Uh and didn't want to talk. They wanted to just do it on their own. I forget who it was. (laughs) Roxanne, she was four. Oh, that's right. That's what it was. It was our missionary testimony the other night. I was like, (laughs) so that was a beautiful story, right? A little four-year-old girl knew she needed Jesus, and she's she's a, you know, very independent-minded a precious young lady, yeah. but she went into the back room and called on the Lord, and then she yeah. came and told her parents, I accepted Jesus, right? Yeah, yeah. You can do that. Yeah, you can. But you know, the Lord told the disciples to go into the world because many times this human connection is what mm-hmm. people need. Yeah, and that's right. why we're here, right? Mm-hmm. That's we could we could just can a program, put it on tape and put it on the radio, but and we watch come the Super Bowl. Yeah. No. No. <laughs> we're here. One and so call us right now, nine two nine three three three. Three seven three nine. So, what's the function of some of these lights? I know we've kind of talked a little bit about it, but God has put the stars like flowers in the sky. So many stars, we cannot even count them. Mm-hmm. Our Milky Way galaxy has about four billion stars, they say, but we can only see about five thousand of them. Isn't that amazing? So, God has dotted the heavens with stars that are like flowers in the sky. Immense galaxies as well that look so far away they seem like just a speck to us. But what is the function primarily of these great lights in the sky, Micah, Mm -hmm. and how they determine time as well, for example, and how does this all happen? Yeah, well, we talked about it a little bit, but Scripture tells us that the sun, moon, and stars were given for signs and for seasons, and that means one of their main functions is to mark time. So remember that God created time, and these are all tools that he gave us to register that time. So the earth rotates on its axis once every 24 hours. That's one day. And as the earth spins, it's also orbiting around the sun, and we talked about the speed of that earlier. And one orbit is completed every 365.25 days, so that's what we call one year. And as our planet spins and orbits, the moon also orbits around us. 
And relative to the sun, it takes about one month for the moon to go around. Now remember, Jewish feast days were ordered around the cycle of the moon. Psalm 81 verse 3 says, Blow up the trumpet in the new moon in the time appointed on our solemn feast day. So now we have days, months, and years all marked out by the sun and the moon. And one astounding fact that I just learned this week is that the moon spins on its axis too, but it spins at the same exact rate that it orbits the earth. So earth spins once per day and the moon only spins once per month. And that is why we only ever see one side of the moon. We see that man and the moon. From our perspective, the moon doesn't appear to be spinning, but it seems perfectly still. And this is called synchronous rotation. And it's just one more incredible feature of God's design. Yeah, it's, it is amazing. Um, the, the moon rotates at 10 miles an hour. It, it rotates Super at 10 slow, yeah. miles an hour. And the earth <laughs> at 1,000 miles an hour. It's yeah. just like, and, and it perfectly doesn't change. Tuned, yeah. yeah, it's like perfectly, it's, it's perfect synchronization. Yeah. It's, it's so incredible how God did this. And, you know, the Jewish people in the Old Testament, they love to celebrate. Mm-hmm. And a lot of their celebrations was based on God's creation, right? Yeah. Yes. So every week they had a Sabbath, yep. <laughs> and they took a day of rest, mm-hmm. just like God did on the seventh day. And yep. then, like you said, every month there was a new moon, mm-hmm. and they celebrated that. Mm-hmm. And then every year they had many different feasts at different times of the year. Mm-hmm. They would Each of those feasts was based on the moon mm-hmm. and, the, and, the, and the time of year. So they were just celebrating God, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? And it's a reminder to us that God is worthy to be praised. But a a very interesting thing as well, and we talked about, you know, the way the sun and the moon moves and and it gives us the months Mm -hmm. and it gives us the year. Mm -hmm. But the the sun and the moon in itself doesn't give us the week. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We get the week from the fact that God created Created on six days days and rested the seventh. And that is a just a complete sledgehammer to destroy the theory of evolution, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, what's the reason? Why don't we have a four-day week? Yeah. Why, don't, why don't we have an eight-day well, yeah. why, you know, We have a seven-day week because mm-hmm. it's in the Bible. Yeah, and it's perfect. <laughs> in addition to the day, month, and year demarcations on our planet, it also has four seasons regulated by our axis, which is 23.5 degrees. And when the northern pole is tilted toward the sun, here in the United mm-hmm. States, we have summer, and vice versa. When the southern pole is tilted toward the sun, for us, it's winter. So wow. spring and fall are in between, and it's like a beautiful symphony. The sun rises, the sun sets, the moon waxes and wanes, the snow melts, the flowers spring forth. And it's with these cycles in mind that Solomon wrote Ecclesiastes 3. And let me just read a couple of verses. Yeah. Um, Ecclesiastes 1, 2, and 4. To everything, uh, 3, 1, 2, and 4. To everything there is a season and a time to every purpose under heaven, a time to be born, a time to die, a time to plant, and a time to pluck up that which is planted, a time to weep, a, and a time to laugh, a time to mourn, and a time to dance. And it's just so interesting that when we read the Bible, we really have to keep in mind that mm. these people were living under, you know, the cycles of the moon, the cycles of the sun, and it was just beautiful to them as it is to us. Yeah, amen. That's wonderful, Micah. As it says again in, in Genesis 8, while the earth remains, there will be sea time and harvest and cold and heat and summer and winter and day and night shall not cease. Mm, that's right. And climate change, global warming, whatever you want to call it, <laughs> isn't going to affect God's plan. So, Charlie, what's another function of the sun, of the sun and moon 
which is to declare signs. So what is Moses speaking about when he says that he puts these lights in the firmament of the heaven and he says, let them be for signs? What does that mean, or can you give us an example of that? Uh, There's a number of verses. Uh, I'd like to go to Genesis 9 for that, just so that we have an example. Now, these aren't necessarily... Uh, luminaries in the atmosphere per se, but this is a function within uh, the atmosphere of uh, within within our um, mm-hmm. refractory spectrum, and that is uh, Genesis nine twelve. And God said, "This is the token of the covenant which I made, uh, which I make between me and you, and every living creature that is with you for perpetual generations." And this is speaking of uh, his bow that mm-hmm. he's going to put. Uh, yeah, and, and that's this a is, sign. Yeah. I do set my bow in the cloud, uh, 913, uh, and it shall be for a token for coming between me and the earth. And it shall come to pass when I bring a cloud over the earth that the bow shall be seen in a cloud. Mm-hmm. And I will remember my covenant, which is between y- me and you and every living creature of all flesh, and the water shall no more become a flood to destroy all flesh. And so this is a sign... Uh, that in this particular instance, as far as that that particular uh, that the the bow mm-hmm. is to be a sign, and as not not just there, but uh, in Matthew twenty four mm-hmm. as well. Yeah, and that's going to be speaking of end times. So here's at least two instances where we have uh, of many in scripture. Um, Matthew 24, beginning verse 29, says, Immediately after the tribulation of those days shall the sun be darkened, and the moon shall not give her light. And the stars shall fall from heaven, and the powers of the heavens shall be shaken. And this is going to be regarding the tribulation period. Uh, yeah. On, on the earth. Right. Uh, we see there. We also know that when Jesus came, and <laughs> I know you're going to elaborate more on this, but mm, mm-hmm. that he, um, when the wise men saw a star in the east mm-hmm. they made they made their trek uh they started making their trek and yeah that, that's something that daniel would have prophesied yeah so in the very first chapter of the bible mm-hmm. god tells us that these lights are for signs and they're the signs so that we will know about jesus christ mm-hmm. yes. that we will know of his first coming and we will know for sure of his second coming and you quoted Matthew as it says even in Joel, the sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the great and terrible day of the Lord come. So that we won't be confused by false teachers saying Jesus is going to come back on such and such a day. No, we'll know when he comes, when these signs mm-hmm. of, in the sun and the moon happen. Yes. Yeah, and as, as Charlie was mentioning, the most exciting sign in the heavens I, you know, I can think of is the one that occurred 2,000 years ago. It was the star that led the wise men from the east to the place where the child Jesus was. Now, we can't be sure what the star looked like, but it surely had an appearance that was supernatural. So listen to how Matthew described it in Matthew chapter 2, verse 9. When they had heard the king, they departed, and lo, the star which they, had, which they saw in the east went before them till it, till it came and stood over where the young child was. That's amazing. So when we read that verse on its own, there is this clarity of language. The star was not natural. It was supernatural in that it came and stood over the place where Jesus was. And and this was the sign in the heavens that signified that the Lord Jesus, 
God himself had come down to earth. And then at the end of Jesus' life, when he was when he died on the cross, when he was crucified, there was another sign in the heavens. We know that there was darkness for hours, for three, yes. I believe it was three hours yeah. while he was on the cross. So there, there are these signs in the heavens that signified both his birth and his death. And, and we look forward to when he comes back and the signs in the heavens then, which we spoke about and they're mentioned in the book of Joel and the book of Matthew. Amen. That's beautiful, Micah. That's right. The signs of the coming of Jesus Christ. There's a, he is, he, the, these lights have been put there by God mm-hmm. as signs so that we could see Jesus. Okay, so yeah. lastly, with just a few moments we have left tonight, this is a super program. This is our super program tonight. <laughs> We're talking about the superpower of God, yeah. much better than any <laughs> else super things going on tonight, for sure. So what are some super lessons mm. that we can learn? From the sun, the moon, and the stars. And so let's consider a few verses. Mm-hmm. Micah, what does the prophet Isaiah implore us to do in Isaiah chapter 40 and verse 26? Well, I, I sat down and read Isaiah 40 uh, this week, and it's just such an amazing chapter. It starts this new section of the book. You know, the first section of Isaiah, the first 39 books, focuses on, you know, the judgment that was coming to Israel if they didn't turn, you know, and repent. But verse uh, sorry, chapter 40 on, it focuses on God's promises of this future blessing. It focuses on the Messiah coming and the future messianic kingdom. And it's really encouraging. And verse 26 says, Lift up your eyes on high mm. and behold who hath created these things that bringeth out their host by number. He calleth them all by names, by the greatness of his might, and that he is strong in power, not one faileth. So the prophet Isaiah is using the stars in the sky as a testimony of Jehovah's greatness and power. It's almost like he's a lawyer in a courtroom presenting exhibit A to the journey uh to the jury. He's saying, "Look up at the stars. This is all the evidence you need for faith in your creator. The proof is plain. It's right above you." And it's that faith in God which gives us victory in our lives. And I just love how chapter 40 ends. The the last verse 31 says, "But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagle. They shall run and not be weary, and they shall walk and not faint." It's just so beautiful. Yes, it is. And it speaks really of you know, when it says the heavens declare the glory of God, it means that the heavens reveal to us mm-hmm what God is like, yeah, aspects of right. his nature and his attributes. So mm-hmm. the heavens just speak of the absolute immensity mm-hmm. of God. So when we consider the heavens, yeah. basically we get a shrinking feeling. Mm. <laughs> yeah, we should. I mean, yeah. a real shrinking feeling that yeah. we are smaller than a small speck mm, of right. dust. And yet, God is mindful of us mm-hmm. to send his son yeah. to die on the cross for us. So it's incredible. And you mentioned before how many moons could fit into the to the sun. So I have this one for you. Okay. One of the the biggest stars is the Canis Majoris. They they used to say it was the biggest star, but now there's actually another star that's bigger than it. But if the earth was a quarter, if the earth was like a quarter, mm-hmm. This star would be 11 Empire State Buildings or three miles high wow. in oh. comparison. So put yourself three miles in the, in the air uh-huh. and look down on the quarter. Could you see it? <laughs> no. Uh, Not if maybe if there's a little sun on it, but maybe you see a glitter. <laughs> but no, you wouldn't even see it. That's the earth. Yeah. And we're on the earth. Mm-hmm. We're there yeah. on this, uh, to us, which is a large planet. Yeah. Man, we, we are so small. 
and God is so great, Mm -hmm. and yet He is aware of us, Mm -hmm. and He cares about us, and we can cast all our cares on Him. So, dear friend, cast your cares on the Lord. He careth for you, and if we could help you, we could pray for you. Give us a call right now at 929-333-3739. Yeah, Pastor, sometimes living in New York, we aren't really even able to look up at the stars. You know, we see yeah. a few, but there's so much light. There's stars? So you know, New York's probably, what, stars? What, what I, don't, I haven't seen any celebrities. Stars. Who are you yeah, talking yeah, about? Yeah. No. Yeah. We have so much light pollution in New York that, you know, you look up and you may see a few bright stars, but you don't see many. But, you know, when we go to Tri-State Bible Camp or when I go home to Colorado or when you go to Hawaii or when we were in Grenada, you know, you stand outside in the middle of the night and you see a lot more stars and Mm -hmm. that is when you start to feel that really small minuscule feeling comparatively to the stars and you just look up and, you know, as Isaiah was saying, this is the evidence of your creator. What more could you want? And you really do feel that sometimes when you're able to see many more of the stars. Yeah. It's, I mean, a number of astronauts have given testimony of the fact that, uh, uh, granted, a lot of them are humanistic and mm. atheistic in mm-hmm. their thinking, but mm-hmm. they get up the, and they see Earth mm-hmm. from within the atmosphere, or uh, excuse me, outside the atmosphere, within space, yeah. Yeah. Uh, at the International Space Station, and they see mm-hmm. the rest of the galaxy, and then they're exploring it, and they're like, wow, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what's <Yeah>. life? <laughs> yeah. Well, New Yorkers, we could stand at the bottom of the Empire State Building and have a shrinking feeling. We could feel small <laughs> in comparison to the Empire State Building, but that's nothing. Yeah. That's nothing right. in comparison to what we're talking about. The Empire State Building is just a little speck of dust, too. And and God is so much greater. So, dear friends, I know we, it's easier for us to see the Empire State Building, you know, on a, on a clear day, you know, in New York and see the skyline and be, mm-hmm. and be in awe of that, you know. Yeah. But that's just human creation. Yeah. We're talking about the glory of God. So, lastly, let's talk about Daniel chapter 12, verse 3, where Daniel mentions the stars in the sky. So, what is Daniel 12, 3? say to us, Charlie, regarding the stars and those who are wise. And they that shall be wise shall shine as the brightness of the firmament, and they that turn many to righteousness as the stars forever and ever. Mm. So basically, those that turn people to righteousness, to God's way, are going to shine. In other words, they're... uh, they're going to have a glory to them mm-hmm. and that um, God's going to, in other words, there, there's something about them that is going to illumine. Mm. Uh, granted, it's not natural to them. It's something that God does that's uh, God gifted um, as far as their, their lighting. Um, and it's because of their turning. Um, mm. And it's that, that wisdom. In other words, it's wisdom to, it's wise mm. uh, for you. So, we should learn from that, that in other words we need to be and follow this example of being wise turning people to righteousness we first off should be obviously turned to righteousness mm-hmm. and then seek to turn others to righteousness wise living challenges other people to turn to Jesus right mm-hmm. yeah. so that's what we challenge you dear friends let's all turn to the Lord who is the light of the world mm-hmm. Mike yeah and pastor we looked at the book of Daniel very closely last year you did a sermon series through the book of Daniel and in our men's Bible study we also went through the book Mm. of Daniel and you go through these incredible prophecies starting in uh, chapter 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12 and finally you get here and this is the final description in Mm. Daniel's prophecy and it looks forward to the ultimate outcome 
for human beings. And let me just read it again. And they that be wise shall shine as the brightness of the firmament, and they that turn many to righteousness as the stars forever and ever. In the end of days, our souls are either cast out into utter darkness or they're going to shine like the stars in the heavens. And this is a reminder for us, as Charlie said, that our worship of the Lord and our work for the Lord will have an eternal impact. Tonight, just after we finish this program, I'm going to run to the airport and I'm heading down to Texas. My 99-year-old grandfather passed into glory last Mm. week and my family is gathering to celebrate his life. And the greatest comfort I have in his passing is that the minute his soul arrived in heaven, he was not only reunited with my grandmother, but I know that he was surrounded by many, many who came to Christ under his ministry. Wow, and, that's awesome. Yeah, he was a pastor for 50 years, and by nature, he was an evangelist. You know, when I would go and see him, he would hand me stacks of tracks. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I would return home with stacks of tracks. And he's in heaven shining like the stars because he allowed God to use him to turn many to righteousness. So may the same be said for yeah. all of us. And be encouraged by this, friends, that we can be like the stars as well. Yeah, thank you for sharing that, Micah. And be assured, you know, as soon as this program is over tonight, Micah is going to, we're basically going to run out of the studio tonight a little <laughs> faster. And you didn't have to be here tonight as well, Micah, but you're committed to the Lord and to this program. And may God give you a safe trip. And Thanks, may Pastor, he really give you and your family a, a a sweet time mm. of mem- remembering your grandfather mm. as well as your grandmother i'm sure mm-hmm. she'll be in your hearts and and memories and, and as well and and thanks but uh, have have a great trip thanks pastor but and, and you you made a good point though and even this verse it, it leads me to this question like what's what's the basis of reward i mean maybe there's somebody thinking well how can when i die how can i get a reward from god how what do i have to do down here i mean we want to please god so that when he sees us, he says, well done, and rewards us. So based on this, what is one of the things we can be sure that if we do, we'll be rewarded for it? Turn people to righteousness. Yes, yeah, right? right? Turn people to righteousness. And to turn people to righteousness means that we're turning them, who is, who is righteous? To the only one who is righteous, yeah. which is Jesus Christ. Lord Jesus Christ. That's yeah. right. So dear friends, come to Jesus. Mm-hmm. We want to turn you to Jesus. Maybe you say, well, I'm saved. But I've gotten away from the Lord. Hmm. I'm not walking closely. What would you say to somebody, Charlie, who is saved, but they're just kind of walking aloof and distant from Christ? I would say respond to the light that God gives you. Hmm. Um, Here's something I want to read. This is particularly describing a lost person, but Hmm. the process works the same for a saved person that is not open to truth. Okay. And... uh, I'm jumping in the middle of context here, but Romans 1, verse 21, mm. this is that because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were they thankful, but became vain in their imaginations. And then here's what happened. Their foolish heart was darkened. darkened. Yeah. So the light that they had been shown, mm-hmm. God's light, God's truth, mm-hmm. um, and granted, there's a number of factors as to what turns people away, mm-hmm. but the fact is they ultimately have to choose to say I want to walk in righteousness. Amen. Yeah, and I just, I shared an illustration that, you know, is not original to me today with our kids, but I had a rope and it was a hundred feet long and I said, that's eternity and our lifetime is just the tip. It's just a small portion. So do things in life that will contribute to your eternity, not for this life. And dear friends, it says in this Daniel 12 passage that we're going to all die. And when we die, some will have everlasting life and some will go to shame and everlasting 
contempt. So we don't want that for you. Mm. And you don't want that for you or your loved ones. So turn to Jesus. Mm. Turn to righteousness. And turn others from shame to eternal life in Jesus Christ. God bless you. Have a great night. Have a good night, everyone. Have a good night. Thank you for tuning in to the Heritage of Faith Conversations radio program. To find out more about Heritage Baptist Church and our service times and locations, visit our website at hbcnyc.org. We stream multiple services online each week, including 11 a.m. Sunday mornings and 7.15 p.m. Wednesday nights. All are welcome, and you can find links to participate in our services on our website, hbcnyc.org. And join us again next Sunday at 6 p.m. for another Heritage of Faith conversation sponsored by Heritage Baptist Church. Until then, rejoice in the Lord.